Hello everyone, and welcome to this new arc of Bulldogs and Dragons, Milestone Academy. This show has gone on for months, and we're barely making it to the actual Academy thanks to COVID, so that'll be fun. And I wanted to take this opportunity to introduce the amazing group of guests that I have planned to play today. Um, first off, from Rooster Teeth's D&D show, Die is Cast, a regular on the Rooster Teeth podcast, and co-host of Black Box Down, a true crime podcast about aviation accidents, and Good Morning from Hell, a comedy podcast recorded with his co-host, Satan's Little Brother. We have Chris Demirez. Hello. Hey, Chris. Thank thanks for having me yeah thanks for being on the show like i love a lot of the rooster teeth content and so like um i mean i love the die is cast and i started listening to your two podcasts and they're both like really awesome and i've made it onto like my podcast like uh repeat list so i wanted to ask though how did you come up with the idea for good morning from hell oh uh i wanted to do a podcast based in hell for like a couple of years now several years uh but initially <laughs> initially i wanted to do it um like with more topical news stuff about how awful the world is and have like people in hell commenting mm. like evil people commenting about how <laughs> how great the world is getting um but i just felt a little too dark yeah <laughs> uh, and then so eventually kind of uh it, a couple of years later it got turned into something a little more fun and 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 silly which i i mm. feel much better about mm-hmm yeah, it's definitely an amazing show. Both this and uh, Black Box Down, I definitely recommend to any listeners to check out. Um, what about for Black Box Down? How did that come about? Uh, my friend uh, Gus has just always been into aviation incidents as like kind of a as a hobby. Just had a, a weird fascination interest, and uh, uh, would always talk about it on the Rooster Teeth podcast. And I think um, our producer Dennis and him kind of got together and it's like, hey, we should we should do a podcast. And I was like, and then whenever I heard about it, I was like, that's a great idea. I want to be involved. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's pretty much it. Yeah. And I do love that dynamic of like, you know, Gus is there and he like knows all this information. Then he gets to like bounce all this stuff off of you. And we get like the outsiders looking in perspective. I I, I love both of these podcasts. So thank you so much. Yeah. And we also have with us from, the fan cast for Dungeons and Daddies, Kelly. So, hi, hello, hey, Kelly. How were were you approached to be on this podcast, or like, how did that sort of happen? How did you guys get together to actually fan cast about Dungeons and Daddies? Man, that's an awesome question that I hate to think about. Uh, <laughs> we all are patrons of the podcast, and um, we were in their Discord and luck of the draw the first four people who you know liked to talk about it were the like we just have really good chemistry and we're random people off the internet so i there's no other word for it (laughs) (laughs) i i just got very very lucky um and then suddenly you know we actually got validated when when beth challenged us to uh have her on the podcast so that kind of like made us real people at that point yeah (laughs) and that's it like i I, there's there's nothing else (laughs) yeah that's a pretty cool story like that you guys like originated from like being just patron subscribers to the the podcast and now you guys have your own podcast for it that's pretty cool it's kind of mind boggling, mm-hmm. but Hey, what else are you going to do while it's quarantine? Hey, yeah, I was listening to your show. And like one thing I, had, I kept thinking was like, these guys are like taking every little detail of the show. I wish I had them on my, on like a board for like my campaign story. It would be like the best campaign story. Cause you guys would like find every little detail. Oh. It's a good show, and it's what actually got me into Dungeons and Daddies. So I highly recommend any listeners check it out. That is such a great recommendation for both Dungeons and Daddies and us. Yes. Um. Yes. And and the name Talking Sons is uh because they have a Patreon exclusive show called Talking Dads, obviously mm-hmm. based off of mm-hmm. uh Talking Dead, but um we just keep hammering at that joke until it becomes not funny, and then. <laughs> They named an episode <laughs> Talking Sons just to mess with us. And now it's just even more confusing whenever we have to talk about our episodes, their episodes. 
really, we've just played a huge game on ourselves, but what can you do? <laughs> yeah, what can you do? Yeah, so check out Talking Sons, and I'm assuming you guys are on, like, all the major podcasting apps? We're on all of the things. Um, mm-hmm. Our website is nikki.horse, um, or you can go to frankandbeans.com. Uh, and you know, we just, there uh, we're very nice, friendly people who take a joke at very, very far. <laughs> nice. And we also have someone who runs a Star Trek fan production audio drama, which I listen to no, I am in no way a Star Trek fan. I don't think I've ever seen anything related to Star Trek. I listen to this audio drama, though. I like it. It's it, it's good production quality and like it's an interesting story um, from Endless Vigilance, the Star Trek fan production. We have Isaac Gooch. Is it Nooch? Hello. No, it's Gooch. Good. You got it right the first good. time. Okay. <laughs> You'd be surprised how people don't know. And it usually comes with an I'm sorry right up front. <laughs> yes. You gotta write the first wrong the second time. So how did you come about? I'm assuming you're a Star Trek fan. What sort of like pushed you over to the edge to where you were like, I want to make like a fan production? Well, there is one thing I want to clear up real quick because I know that the crew are going to listen to this mm-hmm. at some point. The idea wasn't actually mine. Mm-hmm. I but, uh, How I found it was literally just a blind audition on Casting Call Club Ooh. of all things. So I tried for a couple of them. I got a message back saying, hey, we'd love to have you on. So I originally went on as an actor. And then a month in, I got a note saying, hey, would you mind taking over some audio engineering duties? So Mm. I suppose my title is I do the audio work and I do acting for the show. And I'm not one of the showrunners, though. uh, Rob Harrower and Vince Laurie are the ones that made it. Oh, awesome. Because, yeah, I saw that you were, like, credited for, like, audio engineering stuff. And, like, I assumed that came first. And then they were like, yeah, let's have you be an actor. So it's actually the other way around. Yes. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. um, I highly recommend you guys check it out. It is a Two Sober Dwarves production. And is that sort of, like, the the name of, like, the company name that they're using? I believe so. They named it after D&D characters that they do on their own. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I, it's all, always cool that, like, I get all these cool guests of, like, you, you guys are all in, like, your different fields, but, like, the one thing that unifies us is we're all huge nerds who play D&D. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. And then, of course, we have Steph. Now, Steph, we don't have anything to plug. Well, what, what, what do you want to say instead of plugging something? <laughs> an open mic here. I would really love to have something to plug. That's what I want to say. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I actually have been spending time listening to all of you guys' podcasts and catching up on the last season of Bulldogs and Dragons. And I am a huge fan of yours, Joseph. I love the way you tell stories. So it's just been brilliant for me to be able to like get on a microphone with you and just you know talk about our our nerd stuff and (laughs) you know kind of go off the rails a little bit you know the stuff that isn't recorded i really enjoy that a lot Mm -hmm. so you guys are a great group like i know this is uh you know kind of early into our our time (laughs) together but i've just been enjoying listening to all of you talk especially because you're so passionate about all the things that you are accomplishing and i think that's wonderful i love it all right, guys, we're going to take a 10 minute break to cry because that was really nice. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Okay, okay, stop. <laughs> Everybody calm down now. <laughs> yeah, this is serious. <laughs> but thank you guys so this much. This is my mom voice. Yeah, thank you guys so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. And because of you guys, we get to produce content. So let's get to playing some D&D. Yay. Yes. yes. Enter on the first day of class at the Univar Kingdom's Milestone Academy. This campus is crowded with students and anxiety, and in this sea of bodies we can see all types of people from all around the realm, gathered today to attain a degree from this prestigious institute. You see, adventuring has become a bit of a popular occupation, 
So popular, in fact, that the world is overflowing with aspiring adventurers. This makes finding a job without a degree nearly impossible. And as students ship from one building to another, a red dragon is clearly seen flying down to a nearby field. It hungrily eyes one of the students, before a group of 50 adventurers in training step off the beast and shuffle towards the main campus. There's many features of this place that take some getting used to, not least of which are the professors. We look inside one of the classrooms, where a figure that's completely obscured by a dark robe is teaching a class in front of a board with the robe with the words Roguish Studies 1 and the name Professor Kragendroff written on it, using a special illusory chalk. Alright, class, now before we get out, I want to remind all of you the basic rules to assassination. First off, have the right gear. Second, learn the target's habits and patterns. Third, plan the location of the assassination. Fourth, plan out the attack and the escape. Fifth, and most importantly of all, be ready for when the plan goes to shit. And we see seated near the front of the class, we have, well, first let me, Chris, I want to ask you a question about your character. So, um, we might even cut this, but I want to know, is your second identity something that people know about, or is it something that you have to hide, or is it something that you keep from the staff? Well, that's, I, I was, I, I wasn't sure, um, where it fit in the world. So mm -hmm. if it's like, he just showed up, um, and this was like his first day class pretending to be Abigail mm -hmm. or, or if, yeah, I feel like it, that might make the most sense if he just showed up, but uh, I don't know. What do you think makes sense in the world? Yeah, I think that would definitely be good that because this is like sort of the first day. And so, yeah, if you want to, if they would still, you know, be pretending to be this other person, I think that would definitely be fitting. Okay, cool. I, I did also kind of have the idea that um, just for reference, you know, a shell's pretty hard to hide. I sort of pictured it as like a backpack disguise, you know, like it just looks like you're constantly wearing a backpack. Uh, Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I have a... Uh, uh... I do have a disguise kit, so I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. awesome. Uh, I think, yeah, I think I'll, maybe I'm like in a robe, draped in a robe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm kind of just, oh, yeah, I think I got something. I'll, I'll be covered up. I'll be draped in a robe. So you can't really see much of me. I'm just kind of like, like barely peering out from the. Uh, the... Mm. Yeah, yeah, I see. I see. Very cool. So seated near the front of the class, we see what looks like maybe an elf a human wearing a very a very dark robe that covers their entire body you get a little glimpse of their face and what from what you can see of their face you see like kind of a greenish tint to it and they sort of appear to have like a little hump on their back assumingly maybe a backpack and pook or should i say abigail could you tell us a bit about yourself and how you made it to this academy so uh, Pook is a uh, turtle uh, and a uh, a rogue turtle at that. Uh, who, even though turtles aren't traditionally uh, meant to be speedy or fast or sneaky, uh, Pook decided he was, in fact, all of those things, and was going to be the most sneaky and fast and uh, villainous of them all. Uh, and he uh, made it into the school because he stole the uh, admissions paper from. Uh, a high elf uh, cleric named Abigail Abigail Valris, and so and so he was like decided well it'd probably be an easy place to steal from uh, students if he uh, showed up, and so he, that's that's why he's here. <laughs> Amazing, and so you sort of turn away from a second, and when you turn back, you see that the professor is no longer there. He's no longer in front of the class where he was once teaching. Um, could you go ahead and give me a perception check? There we go. Yeah, and that's the same. Per oh, 21. So you notice that, um, yeah, you, you see that right behind you. There's this shadowy figure in robes, and you see that they have a knife, and it looks like they're about to make an attack on you, but you sort of notice, and you get out of the way, and the you see that the professor looks to you, and they say, all right, you got lucky that one time. And you see that they go back to the front of the class. Let this be a lesson to all of you. You should always stay alert. And then he hands you like this note. By the way, Abigail, Headmaster Bun Bun Hidebottom wants to see you in his office after class. And oh. why would he want to see me? <laughs> <laughs>
Yes. <laughs> well, Abigail, it appears this is about your orientation exam. Oh, well, I don't know why. I thought I did very well. Okay. <laughs> and you see, the professor just sort of looks at you like, not not in any suspicious way. They're very um, convinced that, you know, you are this high elf. You know, you have all these papers. You have all the registrations and everything filled out. And so they just go back to teaching the class. And eventually you see that, like, they have this little sundial on their wrist and it starts ringing really loudly. All right, all right, class. That's it for today. Now, the assassination is a lesson most of you won't have to worry about until a higher level, but it's something to think about. Now, make sure you study your level two cutting actions. And by the way, Abigail, make sure you see Professor, you see Headmaster Bun Bun Hidebottom. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, the class is out. And you see everyone starts pushing towards the front. And like on your way out, though, you see this... Uh, un Basically, everyone here is wearing robes. You know, you, your major is rogue, which means that your rogue classes are typically filled with rogues. So it's not uncommon for people to be wearing robes. And you see one of them, though, actually, like, shoves you, like, as you're uh, exiting. What do you do? What? Are you picking on me because of my, of my, my disease? <laughs> <laughs> and... You you turn to them and you see that they appear to be like a drow elf and they just stare you down and they say listen, listen, you won't last here. You should quit. Alright, I don't well, what are you even doing here? What wife This is all because I've been cursed a hideous curse to turn my skin with multiple colors. <laughs> now this is discrimination. <laughs> Can you give me a either deception or persuasion check? Five. Oh my god. <laughs> so they, it's not that they don't believe you are who you say you are. It's more that they don't believe. They, if they did, they don't care. And they just like shove their way past you and they say, Ugh, this academy will let anyone in nowadays. As uh, So are you making your way towards the headmaster's office? Yeah. Think so. Cool. And looking around to see if there's anything worth taking on the yeah, way. Yeah, give me give me a perception check. So you rolled a nine, and as you look around, you don't see anything specific, but what is easy to notice is this is the first day of class, so every all the students are on campus. So it would definitely be simple enough to, you know, sneak up behind someone and pickpocket them. You can't guarantee you'd get anything good, but it's definitely easy enough to attempt well i'll just uh I'll, i gotta play it cool <laughs> yeah until until i you know i want to wait for the right moment yeah and so as you walk along we also see that there's someone else who's headed towards the class they seem to um actually be a tabaxi which is you know a cat-like humanoid and radiant could you tell us a bit about your character their major and your personality so, hi, I'm Radiant Straw of the Soothing so Slope Clan. Yes, that Soothing Slope Clan. <laughs> I just, I love playing the drums. Um, one day I just ran away from my clan and I joined a minstrel troupe. Um, but then something weird started happening and, like, suddenly I was able to do magic. So that was, that was pretty weird. Um... So I figured I should probably get that under control and figure out how to use it. Um, because sometimes, like, weird things happen, and if I try and do something, you know, blue flames wrap around my head and then disappear, or, uh, you know, that sort of thing. I have accidentally gotten... Um, feathers at one point, which was a little awkward. Um, but yes, I am a tabaxi, like ocelot patterned. Um, so spots little like delicate ears that aren't very pointy, but just very, very amiable and, you know, here for the ride and kind of enjoying being magic. Mm. That's wild. Mm. Like, sure, some people in my, in my troop you know, could do magic with like song and stuff, but uh, 
Never just, like, out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. As you head towards the headmaster's office, you, both you and Pook, are headed there for the very same reason. You two have failed your orientation exams, which isn't ex immediate expulsion. However, it's a test grade, which means that you are already starting off at the bottom of the barrel. From that first day in your orientation, you know that anyone who fails this exam will have to make up the score doing extra credit somehow. And as you guys head sort of towards the direction of this office, your paths kind of like converge and you guys are right next to each other. You, it takes a while to actually notice each other. However, you know, a few turns later, you realize you're going to the same place. Oh, hey, are you, are you headed to the headmaster's office? Yeah, I am. I think I'm in trouble. Honestly, same. <laughs> I, uh, I, I messed up. I think I messed up bad. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what I did. I think, uh, everyone's always picking on me because of the way I look. Well, that's such garbage. <laughs> yeah. I can't well, help we'll, it. We'll, just, been we'll figure that out. We'll figure that out because I do not accept that. Thank you. <laughs> but I also, I didn't want to touch a bullywug. So that's why I failed. Okay. Yeah. People don't want to touch me most of the time. <laughs> Radiant reaches out and puts her arm around your shoulder and says, no, you're not a bullywug. Oh, thanks. Um, and then I try and steal from her. <laughs> Yes! <laughs> give me a sleight of hands check. And Kelly, uh, you can give me a perception check. Yes, I see you're ahead of that. So, a 12. So, if your roll beats a 12, then you have successfully stolen without getting caught. 13. You bastard! <laughs> Barely. Oh my god, that's beautiful. That is yeah, so beautiful. Oh my gosh. You yeah, so steal from me. <laughs> so, as you reach into their bag, you go in and you actually pull out a dagger. And you sort of pocket it. And you, Kelly, you are now down one dagger. Chris, you oh. now have one dagger extra. Neat. You... <laughs> <laughs> and we see behind you guys, uh, kind of a far distance away, there's a centaur. Though they're so far away from you, they catch up within a few moments. It seems that they have a longer stride than most people. And in fact, it takes it only takes a few seconds before they reach you and... Aldatus, could you describe yourself and your major? Of course. After all, I am Aldatus Sinclair. Aldatus Sinclair is a Palomino centaur, which is a bit odd-looking, considering it's basically tan skin and platinum blonde hair. It's like a really unkempt-looking mullet, really white eyebrows, and a oh really God. milk mustache, like that you see on a teenager in high school. <laughs> Can I just ask, just just for my own, because I'm, I'm developing a headcanon here, <laughs> are you actually like the Zach Morris of centaurs? Because that's what I'm picturing. I have no idea who that is, but if it helps you, sure. <laughs> yes, great. He is. Yes. Love it. Perfect. And I totally dated myself there, but I'm fine with it. Mm, it's yeah. fine. But, I knew who yeah. it was. <laughs> and you yeah. both dated yourself. Congratulations. Just uh, well, for the listeners, though... It is now canonical. Yes, you can picture Zach Morris, but as a centaur. Con could you continue, Isaac? Yes. Uh, he is an, he's sort of like that sort of weird skinny fat that you see in a lot of people in like computer club. <laughs> yeah. And he's kind of like, he's tinkering with some, uh, like a small, like a little piece of clockwork in his hands, just going along muttering, failing classes again. Uh, he's an artificer, he's an artif how do you say it? Artificer major, I think? say it either way i i typically say artificer but i don't think i'm right yeah we'll go with the one that dm says then he is an artificer major and uh had a bit of an accident during his orientation or his entrance exam mm -mm. yeah basically the same thing do i describe that now or wait yeah if you want you could go ahead and talk about like what happened during your orientation exam that <laughs> made you fail uh he was sent out to gather some rare flowers for the infirmary uh, unfortunately, in his zealous haste to find them and flipping through a, a book of flowers to find them, he ended up trampling the entire grove. Nice. Uh, he is not exactly 
Uh, he's a little bit ashamed of as his centaur heritage, purely because centaurs are usually, you know, magic and nature, nature and all that sort of thing. Uh, when he was younger, a dwarf came through the glade where his family lived and had, was a, had a bit of a tinkerer's pack of random bits and bobs. He saw that and it kind of clicked. And then ever since then, he's sort of been the, the nothing like the rest of us to the rest of the centaurs. Yeah, as you walk along, you join this group sort of just by coincidence. I mean, you're all headed towards the same way. And of course, you walk much faster than them. Do you slow down to walk with them or do you just sort of keep going to the office? I think he's probably so hyper-focused in on the fact that he's screwed up that he probably doesn't even notice them. Mm. You guys just see the centaur walk past you, however. You guys sort of start following behind. Eventually, you guys make it to the headmaster's office, and you'd enter. It's a very small room. In fact, it doesn't look like it's any taller than eight feet up. You see it's not very wide either, and there's like a tiny chair and desk set up. And then there's some chairs set to the other side of it, you know, so that you guys can sit. However, already seated in their chair, you actually see a uh, wood elf who is in typical monk's garb right now, who also has some kind of alcohol in their other hand. Um, <laughs> Charis Milton, could you describe your character, their, uh, how, why they came to this academy? And what kind of alcohol they have in their hand? Um, so first off, I probably should have asked you before, so I'm going to ask you now, mm -hmm. and I can just assume that you're going to edit this, but um, how much obscenity is allowed in your show? And the only reason I ask that is because I'm not going to go full sailor or anything, but <laughs> I was re-watching old um, Simple Life clips, and they do call people bitch a lot, so I <laughs> wanted to see what your comfort level was at. Yeah, um, <laughs> is everyone else okay with uh swearing is there do you guys have any limits because for me uh, i'm pretty much okay with anything you know we used to censor but then everyone at my college was like don't censor it and i was like all right <laughs> and we're all adults here no, I, yeah. um, okay yeah. well, just okay so with karis the reason why she failed her exams was because she was 100 percent hungover mm -hmm. um she is a party girl to the max. She comes from a very noble background. Her parents were very, very high up um, as far as like social class in their wood elf clan that they had going on. And she didn't become a monk because she wanted to. She became one because um, the monastery was like a drying out facility. It was called Deadly Gourd. <laughs> and... Um, so her parents keep shifting her to different places to keep her out of the uh, spotlight because she cannot stop getting into any kind of trouble. And um, the alcohol that is currently in her flask is whatever the magical version of like whiskey is. Mm. And that's the only way that she can like get through the day and put up with what she perceives as like all the stupid people around her <laughs> is to just constantly take little sips of this to get through it. <laughs> but every once in a while, like even as high as her tolerance is, she overdoes it. And she had happened to do that the night before these exams. So I feel like in this instance, she kind of like looks up, sees all these people come in and just like puts her eyes back on because she's like, damn it, more noise. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and you see the centaur is first to enter. I, I look up at him and I'm like, what's your deal? Why are you here? What, what'd you do? It's a long story. I might have trampled some rather important plants. That doesn't sound like a big deal. Like You'd think it wouldn't be. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm here because my whole thing was that I was supposed to go get this specific thing from a witch and when she gave it to me, I was like, thanks, bitch. And she didn't <laughs> like that. So I automatically failed. And it was a whole thing. Which is man, am I right? Uh, I swear. I, I, I can't even. I can't. And I just put my head. It's like they want to be called hags. Yeah, exactly. Like, how are you going to look like that and then get offended when I call you a bitch? Seriously. I can't. On that note. We see the two other characters who are walking together enter in the room, and you guys are now all together. Do you guys have anything to say as you guys enter? No, I'm just I'm just gonna sit down quietly in my shame. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm still not. I'm just gonna sit down. You guys notice that you know the seat to where Bun Bun Hidebottom, the headmaster to this school, is supposed to sit is empty, and 
you know, you guys wait around a bit. All you, all you see is, you know, the desk, the chairs, this really tall lampshade. And then about like five seconds later, you see this like puff of smoke. And then out of nowhere, you see Bun Bun is actually standing on his desk. He's this little halfling man who has like a... He occasionally has like a guitar on his back and he's in full wizard robes, you know, all the stereotypical things. He's got like the pointy hat. Um, he doesn't wear it all the time, but he does have the robes and he just sort of, he's actually facing the wrong way. And so he does like a 180 and you see next to him is actually the mascot for this academy. He is a half bulldog, half dragon. How does that work? So how did he come into being is really iffy and no one really knows but he's just sort of this cute bulldog with wings you can kind of manage to pick himself up a few feet off the ground occasionally and as he looks to you he says oh hello uh, I i'm so sorry i'm late um as you know i'm bun bun Hidebottom. i i did talk with you guys briefly on your orientation day um so um yeah um how how how, how are you students enjoying the first day of, here at the academy Hey, Daddy. Well, what's your deal? Are you single? What's up? <laughs> well, um, oh, uh, technically, yes. Um, right now I am. However, this is not very appropriate for, you know, staff. I give, I give him a big wink. <laughs> okay, okay. Is that what you're doing? <laughs> and he, he just sort of like sits down in his chair and he's just like uh he, he's kind of caught off guard this is that's definitely not what he was expecting coming into this meeting and then he just like looks at all of you and he says well um all right um you're all here to discuss the um orientation exam right yes yes i guess, I guess. now look look i i understand you know sometimes sometimes an assignment gets ahead of you sometimes it's too much however we here at the academy do believe in these grades and we do believe in our system however we believe in second chances which is why though you guys have all failed your orientation exam we will actually be giving you the chance to come back from it oh he, he looks at you and he says yes yes of course uh, it's quite an occasion to be happy uh it, it means you get to spend more time with me and champ here and he kind of points to like the the bull dragon who's kind of flying in the corner and kind of like spitting up small fireballs and i finally like look up and engage and i'm like ooh, more time with you i can't <laughs> wait <laughs> and he just kind of like chokes around like his collar and he's like um um well um yes now um you guys will actually be completing a task for me and this is now I that's hot <laughs> no no it is not hot actually um well is it no 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 we're not doing the fireball thing not today no um now i am actually going to need you guys and he pulls out this like little uh drawing of it just looks like a professor to the rest of you. However, Pook, you actually recognize this robe to be the same robe you saw earlier. This is your assassination professor, who's also the head of roguish studies, and you see him quite a bit. So yeah, you know that this is actually Professor Kragendorf. Although, he lets you call him Craig. Mm. Yeah, and as you see this, he just lays it down on the table, and then he pulls a dagger out, and he puts it through the head of the drawing. I'm gonna need you guys to assassinate this guy. I have several like, questions. Okay, I'm not opposed to a lot, obviously, because look at me. But obviously, like, we're killing a professor? Yes, I think this will be excellent practice. Now, of course, of course, this is all sort of pretend. Obviously, you will actually, you will actually be killing him. However, he, you are going to be given an item a uh, healing potion. Uh, you guys have probably run into these and heard about these before. Um, immediately after you kill him, you are to give him this. And should you actually be able to take him down, you guys pass. Does that seem simple enough? How much back pay do you owe him? Yeah, is he, <laughs> is, is he okay with this? <laughs> Hey guys, your DM Joseph here. It's so good to be back running D&D, and hey, we finally made it to the actual academy. I hope you enjoy this adventure and the others to come. And as always, we somehow managed to get an amazing cast of players who were nice enough to donate their time for our feed. Playing Pook the Villa, I mean Abigail Valaris, a totally normal high elf, we have Chris Demerez. 
Chris co-hosts two amazing podcasts you should check out, a comedy podcast set in hell featuring people like Joseph Stalin and Genghis Khan. Good morning from hell. As well as a true crime podcast that looks at aviation disasters. Black Box Down. Next, taking the role of Radiant Straw, the tabaxi wild magic sorcerer, we have Kelly, who you can find on Talking Sons, a fan cast of Dungeons & Daddies, which is a staple of D&D podcasts. We also have Isaac Gooch as Aldata Sinclair, the Zach Morris-looking centaur artificer. Isaac works on and does voice work for a Star Trek fan-made audio drama, Endless Vigilance on SoundCloud. Last but not least, we have Steph, who instead of plugging any projects, wanted to plug her friend's Instagram, Jackie Comics. Links to all our talented players' projects will be in the show notes. I highly encourage you to show them some love if you have time. But for now, let's get back to the Academy. Well, funny thing is, he actually volunteered for this. He may be a bit of a, he may be a bit of a, a hard teacher, and he may be a bit coarse sometimes. But you know, Professor Craig really does care about the students. He has actually agreed to be the target for your assassination. Now, however, Professor Craig is a trained assassin. He is nothing to laugh at. Obviously, here at the Milestone Academy, we sort of calculate the level of someone's constitution, and we're able to give a rough estimate of how much damage you would have to do with them. This is something you learned in your classes. However, he has a total of around 120 hit points, we call them. And he is also more than capable of taking all of you down at once. So your goal is to assassinate him as an assassin would. You want to get the drop on him. And you want to take him down before he has the chance to fight back. Because trust me, if he gets the chance to fight back, things will not be pretty. Do we all get healing potions as well? Or... No, you get one. I warn you, should you drink this, that is automatic disqualification. Now, um, I also warn you... Do not break this, because this is the only healing potion you're going to get. And he, he takes this little vial, and he says, heads up, and he throws it. Everyone, whoever wants to try and catch it, give me a sleight of hands check. I'm going to go ahead and not do that, because I feel like my character wouldn't even <laughs> make the effort. She would just watch it, like, fly in front of her, I'll, like, wow. I'll try. Go. Cool. And yeah, whoever wants to can try, like, uh, this is definitely something all of you would get the chance to do if you want. Oh, nice. 17. 17. Seven. So, yeah, we see that um, as this thing goes flying through the air, Aldatus reaches out one of their hooves and they like kind of nestle it between two of them. And um, yeah, you now have, you now like kind of are ho holding this thing. Now, like I said, guard that with your life and be ready to take Professor Craig's life. Now, everyone, could you give me a perception check? And that I do mean everyone. Cool. I perceive nothing. <laughs> so, bottle. Yeah, so a 10. <laughs> it's so pretty. Does it have whiskey in it? 18. And then Aldatus has a six. So, um, yeah, Aldatus, you notice that, like, well, you actually, you don't notice is the problem. And you actually feel like the edge of a blade behind you. And then you see, like, this blade has worked its way up to your neck. And behind you, as you all sort of turn around, you see this robed figure. And again, Pook, you recognize him to be the very same teacher who was just teaching the class you got out of. And it looks like he actually removes from his head, like, this little lampshade. And he was the tall lamp in the room. <laughs> I'm going to point at Bun Bun and say it was his idea. <laughs> of course it was. Uh, look, I, I was all for this but not because I care about students, okay? I am here because I don't think that students who fail the orientation exam should get a second chance. I'm here to make sure that you guys do get kicked out of this academy. And he looks at all of you. Would you guys say anything? I look back at him and I'm like, hey, what's your deal? <laughs> you single? <laughs> I want to cast Kill Chut, uh, Chill Touch, not Kill touch. Uh, chill touch. So um, go ahead if you could cast that real quick. And you'll get advantage because he's very caught off guard by um, what Karis has just said. So that, oh. that does hit. However, we are taking the first damage roll because that's technically how an advantage should work. Um, yeah. yeah. So you see this little... Uh, this little hand, like, appears around, like, his throat. 
and it starts choking him. However, it doesn't look like it's doing that much. In fact, he doesn't even try and pull it off. He just sort of lets it stand there, and he says... Does he like it? It's actually, like, a <laughs> little mean, ghostly I'm just paw. saying, does he validate me a little bit, where I'm like, oh, okay, I see how it is. What's up? Give me an insight check. And yeah, 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 it's actually, like, this little claw, like, just wrapped around its neck. This little tabaxi claw. 18. Oh, 18. He, he doesn't seem to like it, but, like... You, you you can tell that this, like, does... This brings something out in him. It almost looks like he's actually a bit angry, but he's trying to hide it. What a prude. <laughs> I swear. And so he just looks at you guys, and he, uh, he, just, he just starts walking out of the room, and he says, If that's the best you've got, you're really gonna fail. And he just starts heading out. And Bun Bun just looks to you guys and says, All right, well... Like I said, he can be a bit of a a bit of a brute and a bit intense at times, but really deep down he does care for his students. Hmm. It's whatever. Now, do you guys have any questions about this mission? Any information I can fill you in on or anything like that? Well, where is he? Where, where does where, he live? Yeah, where is where are we supposed to assassinate him? Well, that's one of the fun things. You guys get to plan that out now. I've actually taken the liberty of excusing you guys from tomorrow's classrooms. You will have to make up the work on your own. However, you are going to take tomorrow to actually scout out his routine, learn what he does, learn what his weaknesses are, and then you guys can make an assassination plan. Now, um, I'm sure you guys aren't as skilled with assassination as the average rogue person is, considering only one of you is a rogue and you're all only level two adventurers. So he gives you like this little list that um, was actually the same thing that the professor went over during class. You guys will have to make sure that you actually get the right equipment. You will need to learn the target's habits and patterns, and you want to find the best location of his habits and patterns for this assassination. You also want to make sure you plan out the attack and escape, and you also want to be sure that you're ready to cooperate with each other once any part of the plan doesn't work. It's very rare that an assassination plan goes 100% completely how you expect it to go. So this is a pretty important step. Bean Bean, I'll be completely honest. I had already excused myself from classes tomorrow, so this just works out so well in my favor. Of course, and now I do warn you, um, though it's not illegal to drink on campus, it might hinder your uh, perceptions if you're doing that during the scouting mission. Good advice, I'll follow that. Thanks, Daddy, and I wouldn't get it. <laughs> and he, he seems like... This is a pretty powerful guy, you know. You've heard a lot of tales about all the things he's been able to accomplish. He does seem a bit caught off guard by this, and not only that, you notice your comment also actually got to the other professor. This seems to be something that puts people on edge. Which might be... <laughs> Weird! Definitely writing that down, thank you. <laughs> That's perfect. It's a Catholic magical academy. Not <laughs> <laughs> on good edge. Brilliant. You know, it's just bad bad form for professors to bang students, typically. Typically. <laughs> Which sucks, because that's like her whole goal in life. So, yeah, I get it. And he says, all right, now, is there anything else that you'll need? I will say, if you head over to the student store, I have actually arranged for you guys to be able to get one free item of 20 gold or less to help you on this mission. Whether you choose a grappling hook or maybe some uh, boots of wall climbing, it's really up to you. Whatever you think will help you take out this target more easily. Hmm. Uh, one, okay. one item for everyone. Well, one item. Sweet. Well, actually, and give me a persuasion check. Five. <laughs> so he looks to you and he says, well, only one item for your whole group. You will have to learn how to share, cooperate. And I think having one item will be a good excuse to do just that. Is there anything that um, we could possibly glean from like what maybe um, his weaknesses would be or like something that he would be easily subjected to so, or something like that that's definitely something you can do tomorrow as you study him however because um pook is actually a rogue who studies under this person give me an intelligence check and let's see if you know anything about them 
Okay. We'll actually make it a history, so that's a skill. Don't know that I'm great in that, but we'll try it anyway. Oh, oh well, this a nine. Oh, so. well, don't worry, this is specifically from Pook, since he's like, he, he's. Oh, oh my well, <laughs> that's a three. Even better. <laughs> well, I uh, don't know that much, considering you know he likes robes. <laughs> Good this, for you. Probably yeah, because you... he's not actually the person he says he is. He doesn't know much history. Yeah, yeah. So you know, you definitely know he likes robes. That's true. And that, that, that's the only information you have. Brilliant. That's helpful. Great. Yes. And uh, they they look to you and uh, they say, uh, Bun Bun sort of looks at you, Pook, specifically. And they say, now, Abigail, you know, this is actually very, uh, I'm, I have to say, I'm a bit confused. When we sent you your enrollment into the Academy, you seemed like a top-notch adventurer. And believe me, setbacks to occur. But what, what happened? How did you fail your orientation exam? Oh, well, I've, I've, I've been cursed, and it has made my limbs swell. And I, it hurts to move and to talk and to do everything. <laughs> I'm not asking for any special treatment. I want to, but that was why I failed. And so he he says, "I'm I'm I'm so I'm I'm so sorry I'm so sorry, Abigail. This, uh, you know, it, I, it's an inspiration that you continue to persevere through these times. And you Thank see you. that he like kind of turns his back, and you notice there's this very shiny golden pocket watch in his back pocket. My question is, do you try and steal it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, is is he not paying attention? He, yeah, well, he's very caught off guard. So if you want to roll a sleight of hands check, you could actually get advantage because he's sort of still thinking about your sob story. 16, right. okay. And you also get advantage. So if you want to roll a second time to see if the number's higher. I'll take a 16. <laughs> yep. And so his passive perception. Yep. So you see that like, yeah, you reach into his pocket and you quickly pull out this pocket watch. And... Um, th- I'm assuming, does anyone say anything or do you, just, you guys just kind of like let it be? I, well, I was just about to ask, can I, um, can I roll to see if I notice this happening? Yeah, give me a perception check. Okay. If you beat a 16, you definitely see it happening. I'll do the same. 13, nope. you do not see this. That's a, a- Oh, I got a 22. <laughs> Karis Milton does see this. Do you do anything about it? I just wink at him and kind of nod my head like, hell yeah. Aldatus also does see it, just barely. Do you, do you say anything about it? I think I'm still kind of recovering from having a blade in my throat. <laughs> yeah, that's a very good uh, response. And so, yeah, you now have this golden pocket watch. It looks like it's worth quite a bit. It also functions to, as a watch. You know, you always, you when you have this around, you can always tell what time of day it is. All right. Well, students, and he turns back around. If that is everything, well, I suppose you can go on your way. And though I'd, I'd definitely recommend, you know, it's your first day, you know, explore campus, you know, see the sights, and then tomorrow be ready for a mission. Sounds great. Cool. Thanks, Daddy. And then I wander off. <laughs> oh, not mine. And he like closes the door Wait. like as fast <laughs> as he can. Oh, what? What was that? Karis, don't. Uh, we have to decide where we're going to meet. <sighs> okay. Where? And don't make it too early. I like to sleep in. Uh, no, you, you're not doing that. I am doing that. Who are you? I need to stay in this school. And if we're okay. going to take down someone like that guy, we need to have a plan. We need to have a good plan. And all of us. Okay. So. Can we meet at the tavern to go over our plan? Okay, let's meet at the tavern at nine o'clock in the morning. Um, I'm gonna go follow uh, that professor guy. So mm-hmm. I'll see you guys at nine. Okay, do your thing. And I'm gonna I'm gonna follow her following. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'll date us. How about you? Uh, I'm debating whether not to go to the store myself, but I think that might be a bit of a bad thing to do. <laughs> Yeah, that is one other thing. You guys could do this tomorrow. However, at some point, you definitely have to go to the store. Or at least you should go to the store because you get one free piece of equipment. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, wait, shopping? I'm in. (laughs) Split the party. Split the party. Awesome. So, oh, awesome. So it looks like Aldatus and Karis will be heading to the shop. Meanwhile, Radiant and Pook will be following the assassin. 
Well, she's still Have Abigail. She's Abigail to me. Yeah, Abigail. she's still Abigail. Abigail, yeah. You guys are planning to meet at the tavern tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the plan. There is sort of like a mock tavern in this academy. It's like, you know, like it's designed like a tavern because this is an adventures academy. So it just makes sense that the place, one of the popular places to eat is, you know, a tavern-esque place. It's a cavernteria. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> I was going to ask you what's the name. That's the name now. Yes. Cavernteria. Fully. Yes. Awesome. And I think it's even funnier that my character doesn't realize that no alcohol is served there. <laughs> like... She goes in there fully expecting to be able to order the kind of drink she usually does. And when they're like, yeah, no, you get diet. Um, yeah, we've got, like, I guess, Dr. Toke Pepper here. Yeah, because you can't say brand names. Yes, yeah, so it's like, yeah, you can have a Dr. Thunder. And I'm like, <laughs> laced with what? Where did he get his degree? <laughs> Don't leave me hanging here, Craig. <laughs> exactly. Grand voice between Spriggan and 7 HP up. <laughs> Perfect. I love it. So yeah, you guys will be headed towards the Caverntiria tomorrow. And right now, we see that Aldatus and Karis make their way towards the shop. And as you guys arrive there, you see that, um, you know, this is just like a little sort of student store. It's not like anything that, you know, is actually in like an actual town. But they do have most of the basics and, you know, some impressive things in there. As you guys look around, you see that there's like this little gnome person at the counter. And they say, oh, um, hello. Um, and, and she kind of like walks up to the red to like you know where they put the money and they say hello um what what, what were you looking for hello um, um are you enjoying your first day of, of classes how, how are you what, what what can i do for you uh we're here uh, i don't know if the headmaster spoke to you or not we're he gave us a voucher for one item under 20 gold we're supposed and, to uh, murder a professor oh yes you are the uh, the you guys are the ones who failed the orientation exam right Yes. <laughs> yes, well, I did receive word from Bun Bun. Yes, any item 20 gold or under is reclaimed to you. Um, would you like me to go through the items that are 20 gold and under? Sure. All right. Well, over here, um, this is actually only 5 gold, however. If you choose to use your voucher on it, more power to you. Um, this is a quiver with for arrows, you know, would suit a ranger fine. Um, I'm assuming... Either of you look to be the ranger, sort of. Is this not something you'd be interested in? Sweetie, do I look like a ranger in any sense of the word? Seriously, that requires way too much concentration. Hmm. And she goes in the back and uh, she, like, pulls out this really large staff. And she says, all right, well, this staff is actually 20 gold. Um... It does function as, you know, just your average quarterstaff. However, it also has the ability to cast Chalet once per once per day. Hey, girl. Hey, where were you hiding that this whole time? Oh, um, in the back room. So 20. That's the lowest you'll go on it, huh? Well, I mean, you could use your free voucher on it if you actually tried to purchase it, though. Yes, unfortunately, this is listed as 20 gold. Rude. Do you have anything else? Of course we do. And then she pulls out like a whole list of like objects. And my question is, are you guys picturing anything in specific? Because I do have like these objects. But, you know, if there's something specific you're looking for, I could uh, skip to that. Do we? Well. Oh, wait, I guess I'm not here. So never mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, definitely contribute if you've got ideas. <laughs> Your conscience might be there. <laughs> sending good vibes if, yeah if you have something to say you can open it to the party my my only thing is if we have because we don't have a healer some sort of healing yeah um, i think that's actually a really good idea well if we use one we bought is that still an auto disqualifier though yes oh wait no 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 no. <laughs> well no because we would need something for like us not necessarily like the victim but exactly but yeah, I think you're right. Since we don't have any healers, like anything that could give us some kind of play on that field. Yes. Well, if you're looking for healing, um, this isn't real. We do sell health potions here, of course. They're actually um, normally, you know, they'd go for like 70 gold each. However, since this is the academy, we actually sell them for 30 gold each. However, I do happen to have. And she looks in the back. This was actually donated by the Artificer class. It's actually listed as 25 gold. However, this 
and then she pulls out like this little vial. It's not like a vial. It's more like it's kind of what you would hold a potion in, except it looks to be made of steel. And she mm-hmm. says, this is an interesting object, which they, the artificer class donated to us. And so we have to sell it. We, It's really hard to sell just because it's so weird. And it's kind of in our bargain bin of things. But any liquid you put in here will actually, um, will actually um, sort of multiply itself. You can pour it out once and um, you have two of it now. Oh. Now, this effect only works once per um, once per every two days. However, it's definitely an interesting object, and if you can manage to scrounge up a health potion, then you could duplicate it. And what are you selling this for? Twenty-five gold. I'm afraid the voucher won't cover it, but if you have the gold, I'm more than willing to sell it to you. Let me see what I have. Mm-hmm. And you guys definitely have some starting gold. Um, Karis, you look to have eight. Mm-hmm. Aldatus has fifteen. Radiant also has 15, so you could count on her to reimburse mm. whatever. If, if, if we combine both of ours, it still only makes 23. Right. Well, question. Could they possibly, like, use the voucher for 20 and then just top off with 5? They definitely won't accept that, but if you want to make a persuasion check, you might be able to convince them otherwise. Let's see. Which one is for uh... higher persuasion skill? I have a plus two to persuasion, but that doesn't necessarily mean anything. Ugh, I only got a 14. And the price is <laughs> They look at you and they say, Now look, I can't actually take the voucher and the gold, but maybe let's say you add the voucher, the five gold, and an extra three gold my way. I might be able to do this this one time. Absolutely. Awesome. So, yeah, you guys, however you want to, like, take it out between the two of you, you now have given them the uh, eight gold. Well, that's exactly what I have. So let's just call it that and take me down to zero. And then whatever we come up against later, I'll just remember that. Excellent. And she, like, hands you this little uh, steel potion holding thing. Now, um, like, you you didn't hear anything from me, okay? <laughs> Honey, of course not. No worries. Yeah, she goes back to, like, manning the register and kind of whistling, pretending like she did nothing wrong. And, yeah, you guys now have this item. And I dig her. <laughs> nice. We'll have to remember that plot point for the future. <laughs> now, my question is, Aldatus, are you... What are you doing with this? Or whoever's holding this? Are you guys doing anything with it, or are you just kind of going to wait for tomorrow? I had a thought, because like Bun Bun said, we only get to have the one health potion. But if we pour it in and it makes the second one, it's still technically the same health potion. Are you guys planning on doing that? um, I'll be honest, my character is not starting out with any kind of health potion or anything that would be helpful aside from liquor. (laughs) Excuse me, so unless somebody else, like... (laughs) <laughs> exactly which is why i don't feel like it's a good idea for me to hold it because <laughs> i would make so many irresponsible decisions <laughs> but if somebody else has something more useful than like whiskey or gin let's go for that mm-hmm. i think since i grabbed the health po- i didn't put that I didn't, put it, I didn't put health potion in there no but it's okay so we should, should bleh, sorry excuse me should we operate on the assumption then that i'll just grab that and then just pour the health potion into it i think so yeah, I'm fine with that. Like that's the consensus. Right. So yeah, you pour the health potion in. And we now have one empty bottle of health potion. Yep. And the liquid disappears now. Um, yeah, you, you pour the liquid in, and then you pour like a serving of it back into the health potion. And yeah, you now have that, plus the li- another one that's being stored in this steel one. Plus on the bright side, no one on the outside Perfect. can see the inside of the steel one. We can say it's anything. Mm. Right? Love it. And now we go over to um, Radiant. You're actually following behind this uh, professor. Give me a stealth check. Sure. Let's see that. Oh, wait. Hold on. Oh, whoops. (laughs) (laughs) Check seal. Seal is good. Oh, it is. Sealth is good. That's an 18. Yeah, you managed to be at all Just barely. This guy is pretty perceptive, but he's not picking up on the fact that you're following him. Now, uh, Abigail, you mm-hmm. gave, could you give me a stealth check to see if you can follow behind Radiant? Oh, Fuck yeah, dude. 
20. 14 plus 6. Yeah. Beautimus. So, yeah, Love it. You, Radiant is just following behind this professor really closely and really stealthily. No one notices. Meanwhile, Pook is following behind Radiant. No one notices. No one notices him and you know radiant doesn't notice either you guys are being very stealthy and you guys follow and it's kind of towards the end of the day you you see him he actually like heads back into his class and you see that he actually like walks these cabinets that he has like in the classroom and then he leaves and he's got like this little snack with him you guys continue to follow him yes i don't well i guess i will Okay. (laughs) Yeah, as you follow him, he like closes the doors behind him, he locks them, and then you see he heads off into like the main campus area, and you see one other professor who you guys have seen. You've never taken any of their classes yet, but this is actually an owl bear. An owl bear who likes to stand up on his hind legs, kind of like a person, and can actually talk. You know that this person is one of the Druid Studies people. Um, his name is Professor Hootenroar, and you see that they start enjoying their lunch together. And you notice that uh, Professor Craig, his lunch is very meat heavy. In fact, you don't see any sides, you don't see like any veggies, anything. It's just meat. It looks cooked, but it's all meat. Meanwhile, Hootenroar is like, you know, enjoying some meat and like some some veggies on the side and like a balanced meal. And okay, I may have missed it in the beginning, but um, what kind of person is Professor Craig? So you guys don't know much about him, except for the fact that everyone so far has described him as being really intense. And, and wearing uh, a cloak. Mm-hmm, yeah. At the moment, though, he's not wearing his robe, and you actually <gasps> see that, like, well, he is wearing it, but, like, his hood's pulled down, and you see that he's actually a bugbear. Oh, okay, okay. Hmm. And I don't know how much you know about bugbears, however, you guys are all actually equipped with a textbook, which I've heard people describe it to me as, it's basically, I basically made a Pokédex, where... <laughs> <laughs> you open it, it'll actually like flip to, you know, like the pages around that are like the creatures that are around you. So if you want, you could actually open this textbook and look and see if you find any information on bugbears. Yes, Perfect. I love that. I would love to do that. Awesome. So if you could give me a um, history check. Oh, geez. <laughs> 14. So you see that this book like flips over to the pages of bugbears. And like some of the relevant information that you're able to actually get out of them is that bugbears, you know, there there was a time long before when like things weren't even recorded, people weren't even recording information, it seems like, and there's like a lot of lost knowledge. So people don't exactly know a lot about bugbears, except that they have some animalistic habits that seem to come from like a long time ago. So like um Sometimes their primal nature like takes in and they'll get really mad or like one other thing about them is they actually, if it looks like they're in a bad situation, they'll become frightened and they'll actually like run away and book it out. It's not, it's like something that they can't help. It's just like an instinct. And above that, I'm going to let you ask one question about them and I'll answer it. And that's kind of like information you would have gathered. Uh, do they have any particular weaknesses? So um, let me go ahead and see on here. And I can go ahead and give you one sort of weakness that they have. There's this creature called a bar guest. And a bar guest is kind of like, it looks like a really gross, like a flesh dog. <laughs> and it's also a shapeshifter. And like these things aren't like very common however some of them have been spotted in the forest that's nearby and yeah bugbears are terrified of these things again it's something they can't help mm-hmm. okay okay flesh dog hmm. <laughs> flesh good notes dog. good notes i want to see your guys's notes after this it's gonna be I'll, I'll send a picture okay cool i don't know that you do honestly <laughs> It's going to be stuff like Bun Bun is Daddy, like Flesh Dog, and uh, alcoholism. One of my notes is literally instructors get uncomfortable if you call them Daddy. So (laughs) I'm just, 
just in case you want a preview, that that's it for you right there. Yeah. Amazing. Karis doesn't have that common sense. I feel like you, you one could have uh, ascertained that without. <laughs> exactly. And yeah, so you guys watch them and as they're eating their lunch, you actually see that like uh, nearby, you see that there's that same uh, elf who had uh, pushed you earlier. They're actually, it looks like they're like bullying one of the other students. My question is, do you do anything about it? Nope. And so, yeah, you just watch as like they, uh, they like this guy's just like bullying the student and uh, Radiant, give me a perception check to see if you see this. Yes. You definitely oh. notice it, though you don't recognize either of the two students. It's obvious that one of them is bullying the other and they're kind of like shoving them around and they're just like uh, really messing with this guy. Do you do anything about it? So I have a question that mm -hmm. would preface this a bit. Yeah. Um, when Pook and I had like gotten to a point where we were watching um, Professor Craig and Professor Hootenroar have their picnic, would mm -hmm. would Pook have come up to Radiant as she was doing the spying? Mm, I mean, I wasn't planning on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it seems like they're more hidden and like you haven't even really noticed that they're there yet. Right. Okay. Um. Yeah, I mean, they got a dope ass 20. So, um, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to go over and talk to them because that's not okay. I'm okay with with blowing my cover and like going over there and telling them to shove off. Mm -mm. And so, yeah, as you approach, you see that this uh this drow elf is like shoving around this uh it looks like they're a tiefling and they seem to be dressed in like wizard gear. And they're just like like taking their books around and like dropping them on the floor. And there's you can hear this conversation where they're like, "All right, now, listen, listen. What have I told you? Okay, look. You the reason you got a higher score on your orientation exam is just luck. That's all it is. Okay. Don't ever think that you're better than me. And this is sort of like when you come in. <clears throat> Excuse me. Who do you think you are? And you see that they like turn around towards you. And they say, excuse me, 